And welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast. This is Stephanie Colvin. I am your host coming to you from the West Coast uh, here in California. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you're new, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy you've been able to find us. We are Latter-day Saints, part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are utilizing technology to do missionary work, to share our faith and testimony, and also to talk about the real life application, how we use the gospel of Jesus Christ and its doctrine to bless our lives, to reconcile those hard times, those refiner fire moments that inevitably we come across in our lives, and to seek the Lord to invite the spirit into our lives. We are looking to be able to uplift and edify those who are within the faith that are maybe struggling, have questions, or are just looking for others to be really open about their discipleship in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints here on earth today. Um, We know that we're living during the latter days, and so this is a great opportunity for us to span that distance that can often be found between us and you. And we love to hear from our audience. So thank you so much for reaching out to us. We've heard from a number of you, especially since General Conference. I just wanted to remind you about Spiritual Crusade. Uh, This is a group that was started by an LDS member. And he has had this site at spiritualcrusade.com for a number of years. And um, he has been collecting... Uh, those of us who are utilizing technology to do a missionary effort. So people like myself with a podcast, and then I have my Instagram account and TikTok. And then there's also at Latter-day Help with Spencer, um, who is across multiple platforms and social media, including Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and he's got a fabulous, very inspirational account. I mean, if you're looking to, um, find strength and grow that faith foundation at Latter-day Help, please check him out. There is also Elk Valley Latter-day Saint. He is part of the team and, um, we've got quite a number of others. I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, 
but each of us bring our own spiritual talents and our own faith and testimony and we pull it together and helps of being a place where it can be kind of like a one-stop shop where you can go and gather information, find ideas for lessons or talks. Uh, you can go there and find the talks from past general conferences. Right now we're working on April, this year's general conference and getting that loaded and um, completed as well as there's a couple of podcasts on there, including mine that's available. Uh, there's a ponderized section and there's just a lot of good information and stuff that you can go on there and check out if you're looking to supplement maybe teaching or you're just looking to supplement and ignite your own fire for the gospel. If you're looking for an added resource, please do consider us against that. That's spiritualcrusade.com. And you can download the app at app.spiritualcrusade.com. That's app.spiritualcrusade.com. And of course, Spiritual Crusade is on Instagram. And um, they uh, just do a dynamic job with their account. And the many projects, the good projects that they've been involved in, so please check them out. I try to tag them often in my posts for quick access on Instagram. And uh, thanks again so much for joining us. I am back. I bet you felt thought that I fell off the face of the earth, but I did not. I'm still here. And as usual, I've had a lot going on, but it's been exciting. It's been challenging. It's really tested my ability to uh, recognize what I can and cannot do, what is within my wheelhouse, what's not, how I need to prioritize my life and my day, and what needs to be included and what I need to let go of. This is something the gospel talks about often, is how do we take away the distractions so that each and every day we can make the most out of our discipleship and living after uh, the manner of happiness. So when we talk about living after the manner of happiness, that is always going to be uh, being a disciple of Jesus Christ. But are we passive? Are we casual about our discipleship? Or are we focused and determined and committed? And that will make all the difference in the world as to whether or not you stick with the gospel you stay on that straight and narrow, very straight and narrow path home, and you stay committed to the commandment to endure and to endure it well here on earth. So with this last general conference, immediately within the first week, I received several messages through uh, Instagram, uh, one through TikTok, and then a lot through uh, email. And there was a talk that was given, I believe, by... Uh, Oh, his name has escaped my brain. Um, and I'm sure that I will remember it as soon as I start talking about this talk. Uh, but he was talking to the women. This was a women's conference talk and talking about some of the things that are going on with the women in the church and what they are aware of. Now, this isn't something that I was aware of personally. I don't know anybody that does this per se. Um, but I do know that there are women who are wanting to hear more from the females in the church. 
They're wanting to see more activity from them, more participation, especially in the priesthood order. And um, I get it. I get that we want to support women in the world and in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I do. But I don't think that means that we drown out the voice and the uh, just the, the presence and the countenance that the men hold when they are worthy to hold their priesthood and their callings and to execute the Lord's will within their families and what their sphere of responsibility is. I going to the temple has really taught me that uh, there's not, we're all equal. There's not one persuasion that's better than another persuasion. So female's not better than male, male's not better than female. And in the temple, they teach us with utter clarity that we are all equal, even down to what we make. When we all come to the temple, we all have varying backgrounds, occupations, and things that we're doing, things that we're involved with. Um, Our lifestyles are all different, but then they're similar because we have common beliefs. And this is one of the reasons why I love going to church. I like gathering with those who think like me, who believe like me. It's exhilarating and it's so comforting to be with others who believe as I do and are committed um, to living the gospel of Jesus Christ and doing what they can while they're here on earth. I mean, this is truly a time for us to learn how to choose the right and to choose the Lord over and over with consistency, with commitment and conviction. Um, also in the temple, as well as the scriptures, we are taught the fall of Adam and that we will not carry those transgressions ourselves personally, that the atonement covered that and we are not held accountable for the fall, which was what Adam and Eve did in the garden, of course, when they partook of the fruit and they were cast out of the garden into the world to now bring and usher forth the human family here on earth. This had to happen. Um, When we talk about Eve being made from Adam and his rib, I have had an opportunity to go out and do missionary work with missionaries before. Um, That was my calling, was ward missionary for many years, and I participated as much as I could which was actually pretty often. And I was always kind of surprised to hear of what other people thought happened in the Garden of Eden between Adam and Eve and what that exactly means. Um, I don't understand in great detail other people's beliefs from other religions that um, talk about Eve in a negative light as if she is the bane of our existence and because of her we suffer um because that's not really how i see it or how the spirit has taught me about eve and i had a great experience one time in the temple uh the spirit just really kind of revealed to me um eve who she is what she did in the garden of eden her discipleship and love for the lord and god and uh, how devoted she was to Adam 
but also how devoted Adam was to Eve. These are our first parents, and they took the instructions and directions from God and Christ and the Holy Ghost very seriously. And they implemented it the best they could, not perfectly because they were not perfect, but they did it with conviction, commitment, and devotion to the Lord. Um, when we talk about Eve being made from the rib of Adam, to me, what that represents is that they are one. When we talk about Eve being a helpmeet to Adam, Adam is a helpmeet to Eve. This is comforting knowledge and teachings. These are the pearls of wisdom that we're given in the church of Jesus Christ. This is the information and the eternal truths that we have at our fingertips and that are available to us. Um, so it's so important that we understand this and that we seek it out. For example, a long time ago, I had a friend whose son was preparing to go on a mission and he realized during his preparation that he knew of Christ, he studied Christ. I mean, we talk about Christ often, all the time, and we seek to live and to become like Christ. But as he was getting closer and closer to his launch date and going on his mission, he realized that uh, he didn't really have a close relationship with Jesus Christ, that uh, he knew him and he kind of took in the facts and the information and he cataloged it in his brain and um, but the, as far as having an attachment, a relationship with the Lord and coming to know him personally, just as we do with each other, we can do that with Jesus Christ as well. And through that effort and studying and all the time that he took and the effort that he put in, effort always is rewarded. This is always a natural consequence of Jesus Christ. And being a disciple of Christ is that effort is always rewarded. And he was rewarded when he gave his um, talk before he took off for his mission. Oh my gosh, it was so powerful. And that's what the blessings are that come from searching, seeking, and studying out the Lord and his life and all that he has to offer is that it teaches us um, his power. You know, I'm sure that you've had moments where you've gone to church or maybe um, Sunday school, maybe one of your quorums, and you had somebody teach that day that was just absolutely phenomenal. And you felt it to the core of your being, and it struck you just directly like an arrow to the heart. I've had those experiences, and that to me is an example of the utter strength that the Spirit of the Lord can teach with is that utter strength and conviction where it's just undeniable. Um, because the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, He is a truth testator. He cannot tell us lies. He does not have the ability to do that. All He teaches us is truth. So going back to... Um, the topic of the women and the patriarchs that we have here in the structure of the church. Um, I know that there are women who have been praying to Heavenly Mother and want to know more about her. I too have felt that desire to come to understand and know more about the family structure in the celestial kingdom in the highest degree of glory. 
Um, who is my mother? How come I don't know a lot about her? Why are, don't we talk about Heavenly Mother often as we talk about Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ? So as I took time to really ponder that and talk with people that have been reaching out to me, um, also had the great opportunity to pick the brain of those who are close to me within the Spiritual Crusade family. Um, this is a group of LDS members who actively use technology to spread the gospel, whether it's through doing a Come Follow Me program, um, a podcast, offering um, opportunities to ponder teachings and doctrines, and providing the resources and supplements that are available to us. This is a app that you can get that's a one-stop shop for all things Latter-day Saint. And it's definitely there for somebody who um, is looking for help to reinforce the roots that they have grown and the faith foundation that they have acquired over their time and devotion to the Lord. And that's all we're looking to do. So when I can tap into those people who are actively doing the Lord's work and engaging in the vineyard and um, pulling a branch from this tree and grabbing a branch from that tree and grafting it over to this tree over here, I mean, this is what they're doing. And um, I trust them. You can trust people who are actively involved in holding their, upholding their callings and um, doing what the Lord has asked them to do because they're constantly in it. And when you're constantly in it and you have a desire to serve the Lord and a willing heart, you then have revelation and inspiration that comes from God. The Holy Ghost blesses you uh, with the power of discernment to hear that still small voice and to know truths, to know right from wrong, good from evil. This is the wisdom and the knowledge that we acquired by leaving. And thankfully, Adam and Eve knew that they needed to exit the Garden of Eden for they could not multiply and replenish the earth while staying in the safe confines of the protection of Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost in this beautiful, beautiful Garden of Eden, which to me represents heaven. Um, I do believe at some point that they received some type of spiritual confirmation or revelation um, that inspired them to go ahead and partake of the fruit which they were told not to partake of. Um, I believe that Adam followed Eve because, again, he received some type of revelation to help him make this choice and to know that it was a good choice to choose this. It was the right choice. God, as he always does, he gives us our agency and he gives us options Sometimes he takes away options to focus us on the one option that would be good for us. Other times he gives us options in the form of two or three choices, sometimes more. And it can be a test, a test of faith. Where's your heart? Who do you worship and who do you follow? Um, when we talk about the patriarchs in our church. There's a couple of things that come to mind. And um, 
there are two kinds of patriarchs that are in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So here on earth right now, restored through Joseph Smith in the 1800s, the scriptures speak of two kinds of patriarchs. There's the first one, which is an ordained office in the Melchizedek priesthood. Um, and he's sometimes called an evangelist. So this is somebody who is called to be a patriarch, to give out patriarchal blessings when people either, you know, come of age, they request it, and they're worthy to receive it. Um, typically, to get the patriarchal blessing, you have to be living the gospel. And I would say if you can obtain a temple recommend or a um, like a temporary limited use temple recommend, then you're probably worthy to get your patriarchal blessing. But this is something that you can discuss with your bishop. He, between you and him, you guys can decide whether or not you're ready for this. It is important to be honest and to be worthy because the information that comes through the patriarch in your patriarchal blessing is so sacred and so geared for just you. You will not be able to understand what the Spirit is telling you if you're not worthy. Those treasures that come from the patriarch are withheld until you qualify yourself and you're consecrated by the Holy Ghost through the power of repentance. Um, so moving on, the second type of patriarch that we have in the Church of Jesus Christ are the fathers of families. These are ordained patriarchs that give special blessings to worthy members of the church. Um, the fathers are to tend to their families. Uh, growing up, of course, I was born in the early 70s. Uh, we did refer to my, my dad from time to time as the patriarch of the family. And what that meant to me as a little girl was that he was the head honcho. He was the head man. He held the priesthood. And I could turn to him when I needed help whether it's temporal, spiritual, and that he would tend to the family. I also really, really love the fact that uh, when the men and the young men receive the priesthood, there are qualifications that need to be met in order to receive the priesthood. And um, when you have the priesthood, there are qualifications that have to be maintained. And one of those is the expectation that the priesthood holder is as best as he can to his ability, be a reflection of Christ, to be that example of Christ, and to do that for his wife, his family, his children, and anybody that falls under that umbrella. So to me, the term patriarch has always been filled with an endearment of love, devotion, honor, and respect. I know that there are men out there who use the gospel of Jesus Christ just as uh, Lucifer is so tricky and cunning. There are men out there who can be too. Uh, maybe it's who they are. Maybe it's who they are and they have, they're under the influence of a spirit that is not of God. Who knows? There's a lot of different reasons why men would exercise the priesthood authority unrighteously over their family. And um, there is options provided for when this happens through the gospel. We must remember that when we run into a problem within our family, our lives, our work life, our church life, whatever the case may be, 
There's always an answer in the gospel on how to handle this particular situation. And there's processes that are set in place to do that. And this has been inspired by Christ, who sits at the head of the church. And he talks directly with the prophet. But there's also the Holy Ghost that tends to the prophet as well. And then we have the first presidency, who's going to be the prophet and his counselors. And then below them, we have the apostles, all who are prophetic. They're seers and revelators. They've been given keys and they've been set apart to lead Christ's church on earth. I know that gender plays a very important role in our eternal lives here on earth and when we pass on. I believe that gender, male and female, has been created to complement one another. I believe this because of my own experience and the things that the good Lord has shown to me and revealed to me to help me to understand. The purpose of gender and the plan of salvation is one that is eternal and it's divine. Um, we cannot do away with that, change it, or morph it into, you know, 10 other genders. It just doesn't work. I get that there's massive confusion here on earth right now and that uh, God's children are confused. There's a lot of things that are being thrown at them. And, you know, with each dispensation of time, the people and children that have come to earth, there has been opposition because that is the whole purpose of this experience. Um and so we must be able to understand that those that are called to serve Christ and lead his church and kingdom here on earth have decided that they want to be servants of Christ and give their life over to him to serve him, to serve his people, and to work together diligently with the Lord to bring us all back home. Um, that's more important to me than who's leading the church. Uh, that's more important to me um, that they are giving their will over to the Lord to serve and do the Lord's will. That is more important to me than um, what gender they are, how they dress, what their past is. And I feel comfortable with that. I feel comfortable knowing that the Lord's kingdom is set up in a certain way and I don't understand all things. So why would I ever fall back onto my own inferior embryonic logic? Yes, my intelligence has been given to me by a loving Heavenly Father. But coming here means that we don't know all things and we just won't because this is an experience of faith. Faith is not knowing everything and understanding everything in order to follow the Savior and to stay true to his gospel and his doctrine. Uh, faith is doing these things even when sometimes we just don't understand. But that's the beauty of the Holy Ghost is that the Ghost, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost can teach us and show us through feeling and conviction of the heart and mind. This is what he does um, to help us understand truths versus lies, what's right versus wrong, good versus evil. Um, 
just trying to get my thoughts back from the prior recording. Uh, I'm not singling anybody out here. My heart goes out to those who have messaged me um, about the Heavenly Mother and patriarchy, patriarchy issue within the church. I have really felt for those who have left the church because, man, that's got to be a struggle. A struggle of epic proportions to leave something that you had such a great and grand spiritual experience at some point in your life that told you with utter conviction to get baptized, to um, be sealed through the baptism of fire, to be given the gift of the Holy Ghost. Um, and that's why, you know, bringing ourselves back into remembrance through journal writing and remembering those very special, powerful spiritual experiences are so, so important. Sometimes I think about what's my conversation going to be like when I get back to heaven? What is the Lord going to ask me? Do I really want to say to him, um, you know what, Jesus Christ, I... You didn't tell me enough about Heavenly Mother. Uh, you didn't tell me uh, and teach me anything about her character, qualities, um, nothing. So why would I ever, I ever feel important? Because you never taught me about my Heavenly Mother. You didn't reveal very much about her. And as you go and you do your research and the good resources that we have, there's not a lot out there about Heavenly Mother. Um, so I really believe that if there, if this is a desire of yours, um, to approach this with caution, but approach it nonetheless. Follow the pattern of revelation and inspiration. Follow that very true pattern that's going to reveal to you with utter conviction where you need to be with this information and knowledge. Trust the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will reveal what needs to be revealed and comfort you in hopes that that will be enough for you to then kick in your faith and let that be complete until further light and inspiration comes or until the day that you pass and you just have to know. I don't want to have a conversation with my Savior saying, you know what? I lived during a time where we really realized that, uh, you know, women should be treated with more equality. And I'm glad to live during a time here on earth when women have certain rights and are recognized for their value. Is it equal? I don't know. Do I bother with that? Not so much. And here's why. There was a talk that was given by, um, I think it was Razband, Elder Razband, who's an apostle of the church and of the Lord. And he talked about the unfairness of life. And he also talked and taught us why we would not want life to be fair. Because if life was fair, imagine the judgment that would come your way with all of your mistakes, sins, and transgressions. Um... There will be mercy too, but I just feel like in a life where everything has to be fair and equal, that the side of the gospel that is merciful and grace and strength and understanding and empathetic and compassionate 
would just get drowned out. Um, you know, this equality, looking at our lives here, the, what does that mean for the atonement? I find so much comfort in knowing that the atonement covers all of my idiotic things that I do. You know, the episode before this, I talked a lot about how I was really struggling with my temper and my anger and the things that just, I think a lot of that was just because I'm just this life. It just, as the years tick on and things just get hard and harder and harder and don't change, it can be so frustrating. But I also do believe in the latter days and the latter day prophecies and what we've been taught which is, and they talk about in the latter days, is this extreme emotion that we're going to feel and have. And we see it in the world. We see it on social media. It's happening all the time. And when we have too much emotion, and emotion is leading us, that we don't have the ability to then use the reasoning portion of our brain. It drowns it out. The logic and the reasoning is drowned out and replaced with this intense feelings of emotion, which often leads us to being sad and mad, angry and frustrated, bitter. And it's not a good path. It's not a good path to be on at all. <sighs> we do have a lot that we endure here on earth. But if we can just remember that it is and will be made for our good. We are here to become like Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ and even our Heavenly Mother. Um, it does not, it's not an easy path. This is not an easy test. This is not something that you can acquire easily. In order to be like them, you have to go through all of the pushing and prodding and the breaking and reassembling and the heat and the pressure in order to become that diamond, that eternal diamond, to be like Heavenly Father. You know, I've as I've contemplated maybe some reasons why we don't hear about Heavenly Mother very much is the number one thing that comes to my mind is that all will be revealed at the appropriate time and that it will satisfy me. Secondly, I do believe as I've watched my dad be very protective of my mom, my brothers protective of their significant others. I know how I feel about my husband um, and just the men, the good men that have been in my life, the examples that they've been, they're always very protective of their significant others. Um, and I think that's just part of their, you know, manly makeup. Um, this is something that is ingrained in that particular gender. And I am grateful for it. I wouldn't want that to ever go away. Um, I think sometimes with the uh, modern feminist movement that we can take these things too far. We should always be grateful when anyone, whether it be man or woman assist us in our day, whether it's opening the door for us, um, offering to help us do something, or maybe just even giving us a smile. Let's be the people that take things at face value and not see an ulterior motive behind that smile or um, 
some other, you know, nefarious motivation to be kind. Maybe we should just let kindness be kindness and give kindness back and let it take care of itself. Um, I also think that with the Heavenly Mother thing is that we need to, uh, you know, the Heavenly Father is like, just really think about how often you take the Lord's name in vain, whether it's God or Jesus. I mean, this happens all the time from music to movies to news to television. Uh, it happens in daily conversations and it happens all of the time. There used to be a time when you would be taught growing up to say, gosh, and I don't really hear that so much anymore outside the church. Um, so when we say, oh my gosh, I really feel like I stand out because I say, oh my gosh. Here in California, that's not what people say. And um, Heavenly Father does not want Heavenly Mother's name to be trodden on, to be thrown under the bus, to be muddied and sullied and just used in a way that is just disrespectful and disgusting. And um, that's truly how I feel about it. I did do some research about this when I first came back into the church in 2013. And all I have to say is that the research I found and the spirit conveying to me through inspiration is that this was enough and I'm satisfied for now. And I look forward to the day to get to know more and to actually meet my heavenly mother. I also appreciate the example that Heavenly Father is giving to us um, by protecting her and keeping her um, safe in every form that we could ever imagine that she would need to be kept safe. I would hope that my own husband uh, would do that for me and um, that my children would do that for their significant others as well. And I love Heavenly Father for that fierce devotion and protection to Heavenly Mother, and I'm grateful for that. And I just have this very strong affection because of it. So I hope that my thoughts that I've shared, in some way the Spirit has been able to help you reconcile whatever it is that you're going through with these topics that I've decided to cover in this week's episode. Um, again, I'm not singling anybody out. I don't think that how you feel is wrong. What I do believe is that how we feel needs to be verified through the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and the many resources that we have. So go and search, ponder, study. If it's a big deal to you and you really need to know, put the work in. And I promise you, that you will receive the information that you need to remain faithful, steadfast, and on that very straight path home. And this is what I love about that narrow straight path is that it's a sure path. And we can hold on to the iron rod and we can trust in God. Always, all times, in all places, that we can always trust in God, our Redeemer, and their Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Thank you so much once again for joining us this week. Um, the episode was a little bit different and it was just my collective thoughts based on communication that I've received. And I hope that that has helped out in some way. 
Uh, Next week, I'm going to be doing a brand new episode, and I'm going to be using a talk that's coming from General Conference and tying it into some of the things that have been going on for us in our lives, um, staying true and remaining very true to the um, purpose of the podcast, which is to share our lives, be very real and open, but we do keep those sacred moments to ourselves. Um, But by sharing, we are hoping that we can help in some way that the Spirit can confirm to your heart and mind whatever it is that you need to do to keep that sure foundation that you've acquired, protect it with everything that you have, and continue to grow it. And we can be that Zion that Jesus Christ is looking to build. We have so much to look forward to and so much to hope for. Until next time, God bless, much love, and remember to stay healthy, stay safe, and most importantly, stay faithful. And please remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. God bless.